0: I am become Barbie, destroyer of worlds. We should just run the music right now.
1: (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Streamed and Screened, the podcast from Lee Enterprises that is all about movies and TV and other fun entertainment stuff. My name is Chris Lay and I'm one of the co-hosts for the show, along with veteran entertainment reporter Bruce Miller, who is currently the editor of the Sioux City Journal out in Iowa. And as a special treat for longtime listeners, we've got former co-host Jared McNett back in the saddle, helping round up some of the movies that we are most looking forward to coming up in 2023. We'll have links in the show notes to all the flicks that we're talking about, so make sure you click on over there. And while you're there, smash that subscribe button so you'll get our next episode, which will be our top films of 2022, as well as all the rest of our fantastic upcoming episodes. I'll also have a link in those show notes to The Ethical Life, which is a podcast that I guested on recently, revisiting some predictions that I made over there last December, one year ago. One of those predictions was, and I quote, the Oscars will be boring, (laughs) so uh, I won't be out here buying lottery tickets anytime soon. Quick note, there are some light to moderate spoilers for Blade Runner 2049 and Star Wars The Force Awakens in this episode, so be on the lookout for those. Stick around because we're going to kick things off after this quick break. We've got Jared McNett and we've got Bruce Miller, both in Sioux City, Iowa. And we got me, Chris Lay, in my, my home office out here in Madison, Wisconsin. And we're going to be talking about the movies that we are most looking forward to. I don't, we're not doing it like a draft, but I have a list of 40 in a spreadsheet that I've shared with both of these guys to varying degrees of anticipation, I guess.
0: Chris put the work in.
1: I certainly put the work in. That is, that is very true. <laughs> <We're proud laughs> of you. The links are there and all of the, uh, you know, log lines are copied and pasted from <laughs> IMDB and letterboxd. I don't care what anybody says, Chris, I like you. <laughs> Well, thank you for that uh, (laughs) real lukewarm vote of confidence. (laughs) Doing the absolute minimum to to prop up my tender ego.
2: You know, though, looking at this list, it really isn't a list of the movies that are coming because you know the best picture is not on this list. You know that there are going to be ones that'll hit somewhere in November, October, December, and we won't have them on the list.
1: I mean, I also have on this list in the spreadsheet that I shared as well as the list that we'll end up including in the show notes. If it has a date on it, then that means that it is like that is studio approved. As far as the date goes, if it doesn't have a date, then that means that it is in post-production. I did not include any films that are still currently in production or pre-production or any of that, according to IMDB, because that is a fool's errand. <laughs> this time last year, we were expecting that the you know 2020 2022 Oscars were going to be dominated by Killers of the Flower Moon, and lo and behold, that didn't come to
2: pass. You also don't have those who are being muzzled, like The Flash. Will that come out? I don't think that movie is destined for anything.
1: I think that that movie is going to come out. It has to. It's one where they've put too much money into it, but... For for the list that I threw out there, and you guys can obviously pick and choose off there. You can, you know, off-road it, do whatever you want. But some of the bigger ticket items that are more obvious, maybe. I don't know how sincerely excited any of the three of us are about Super Mario Brothers. Wahoo! It's a hymn, a Mario.
0: My girlfriend has said about the Super Mario Brothers, at least from the trailer, that everything about it looks fun except for Chris Pratt.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I agree with her. I, <laughs> I think he should go away for a little bit. He needs to settle down and just kind of kick kick back. Yeah. It, count the money because he's in too many movies this year.
1: Sure. There are a few obvious blockbusters that we'll examine, I suppose. But some of these are more smaller things, possibly, that are that aren't going to necessarily get the you know, uh, what, $30 million promotional push from from their respective studios.
0: Chris, looking at uh, more than a few of these that were on the list, it's definitely, among other things, uh, a year 2023 will be uh, where some uh, old masters uh, make their return.
2: Emphasis on old. Yes. Looking at the
1: slate, we've got Miyazaki is the one that jumps out immediately.
0: Yes. After a long time away.
1: Well, I mean, after I think he's had like three different times where he has thrown his hands up in disgust and said, I'm done. I'm I'm retiring. (laughs) And then then still kind of, you know, crawled back to his easel. Uh, We've got that. We've got M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know why I'm starting (laughs) there. Uh, Steven Soderbergh is going to have one that's coming out. Ridley Scott has at least one.
0: Can we start there or where can we start at? Because I'm I'm ready. The way that I was going to do it
1: again, not not really like a draft, but. We're going to take turns going through. I'll we'll right. start with Bruce. Oh wow. Age before beauty. There you go. What would
2: you like first? This is all excitement. It's good vibes. Yeah. So, so give me I think you could say anything with a number after it isn't exactly making me excited. I really I I don't need another um fast and furious I don't need another Ant Man. I don't need another John Wick. I know you guys like that one. I don't need another Guardians of the Galaxy. So, all those ones make me a little, you know, but I am excited about Barbie because I think that could be something really different. And, you know, come on, Barbie. It was, it's, she's always been laughable, but Greta Gerwig got her hands on it. And it's the, supposedly the story is more than just. You know, I'm a doll and I have a Corvette and I live in a pink house. So I think that could be a really interesting thing. And I think Margot Robbie is one of those gems that we don't give enough credit to. She works like a dog and she produces a lot of things and she's willing to take risks. She does that in Babylon this year, too. But I think Barbie is going to be kind of her coronation.
0: She's the only reason I'm probably going to even go see Babylon or try to see Babylon, because I'm a big fan of her as an actor and have been since Wolf of Wall Street.
2: Yeah, she's good in it. She's good in Babylon. But there's so much of it that it's like, what are you trying to do? And this year has been a, the year of vomiting. There are a lot of vomiting scenes. <laughs> in movies, and this one has it. Babylon has it, too. So and she's responsible. But no, um,
0: probably no vomiting is- in Barbie, though. Barbie
2: could, though, because if you saw that pink, somebody vomited yeah. pink all over. I feel like saying it's a coronation is
1: like th- this is her reaching a cruising altitude. This is something where she's not chasing after the, the awards Oscar. necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Wolf of Wall Street, I, Tanya, even the stuff that she did with Harley Quinn, which was, I mean, love it or hate it, was certainly iconic i guess in the way that she took that role her involvement is very exciting but i think greta gerwig is the name attached to it that releases any stress on my part like i feel like i am going to go in with much higher expectations about something that's super fun so
0: and noah bomback too because he also worked on the screenplay along with greta gerwig
1: they just you know kicked it around at their dinner table (laughs) yeah so jared what have you got
0: Bleu. Uh, let's go to uh, 18th and uh, 19th century uh, Francais I'm going to drop the act now uh, I'm incredibly excited for Napoleon which is being directed by Ridley Scott Joaquin Phoenix is going to star as the emperor himself and uh, Vanessa Kirby is going to play his wife uh, Empress Josephine uh, between this and another movie we might talk about it's going to be a good year for Joaquin for prestige kind of drama movies. And then, you know, Ridley Scott has plenty of uneven movies over the years, including House of Gucci from uh, 2021. But he doesn't miss when it comes to historical epics. And that's one of the biggest reasons I'm incredibly excited for Napoleon. He knocked The Last Duel out of the park when that came out in 2021. Of course, he also did Gladiator way back when. One of his earliest movies he ever did, The Duelists, was also a historical epic. Yeah, that's as much of a reason for me to be excited about it as anything else, I think. One other reason besides what I talked about with you know Ridley Scott having a great historical track record is you know one of the great unrealized movies that uh, Stanley Kubrick never got to make was a Napoleon movie that he poured a lot of time and effort into. And I know Ridley Scott is plenty aware of that, and I have to think he was probably thinking about that too when he was making something like Napoleon. So I'm excited about it for, for a host of reasons.
2: How about you, Chris? What are you looking forward to? The
1: first thing that I want to grab, because I want to take it off, off the table for you guys, and I want to make it my own, is Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie, which is coming out on June 16th. Wes Anderson was sort of my film school. The you know director's commentaries and things on the criterion DVD and Blu-rays of his films were. Some of the real formative, you know, movie experiences. So in a Mark Marin style, like who are you guys? He <laughs> is the top of my list of, you know, my guy. And for all of the excessive aesthetic flourishes that that he has, he's always managed to ground them in real stories and tender characters and deep emotion. I wouldn't even say that he's had some misses. He's had ones that you know, maybe didn't quite click with me. But yeah, Asteroid City, all for it.
0: And that might not even be the only movie he uh, puts out in 2023 because there's also uh, the wonderful story of Henry uh, Sugar, which is supposed to be coming out at some point, which is based on uh, some Roald Dahl uh, works. So, Back to that, Well, Yep, so Wes could uh, have a really good 2023.
2: Speaking of Roldal, uh, how good do you think Wonka's going to be?
0: <laughs> the gritty reimagining of the Willy verse I'm not keen on seeing it, but that's me and my Piccadillo's.
1: I'll go in with an open mind. It's low on my list personally, but it's more the fault of Tim Burton, I think, and, and the way that he's kind of ruined that character with his
2: interpretation of it.
0: Got the Burton stink all over it. Look at me,
2: Timothy. <laughs> I am Willy Wonka happening. Right? Yeah. Nailed it. No, I just that's a curious one to me because I don't know if it is anything.
0: I don't know that he is a big enough name to be anchoring a movie like this at this point. You know, like he's great. He's he's good enough to be a lead and anchor like indie movies and like prestige kind of dramas, but like this is definitely aiming for something a little bit bigger than that, especially since it's coming out in December and is like a musical, you know in parts too. And I would be a little anxious about that, yeah. i mean i'll i'll
1: I'll definitely go see it. so I'll give him that. I will be pleasantly surprised. Bruce,
2: what's something that you are legitimately excited for? Well, I'm curious, largely, about Roosevelt because I wonder if Roosevelt will be something? Or nothing with Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. I think it could be something. What is this? Roosevelt. They're doing Roosevelt. I don't it's see smart. that. Any, are you what are you talking about? It's on the list. Not the list I made. <laughs> Look it up.
1: Are you talking about Killers of the Flower Moon? It's called Roosevelt. <laughs> Jared, back me up. Like I'm not I'm not going crazy, right? Like this is It's true. Jared, please. <laughs>
0: I'm on IMDb, and like that is one that's been kicked around—a biographical drama about uh, Theodore Roosevelt, but it does not have a release date. What?
2: It's slated for 2023.
1: I'm gonna, yeah, that's not. Uh, I don't know anything about it. It's in pre-production, so I'll give you a mulligan.
2: It's expected to be released in 2023 it's in pre-production which means it could 2023 2023.
1: what yes according to imdb it says it is in pre-production which means it could be in turnaround as fast as that so
2: yeah but if leo is paying the money (laughs) he's a producer we can argue above and below the the marquee
1: here but it's not it's I'm saying the odds of
2: it coming out next year are minuscule. Chris, you asked me a question. Oh my god. The question was, what are you looking forward to? I said Roosevelt. It's coming. coming. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it wasn't on your little list doesn't mean that it doesn't. Oh my God. Okay. You can have it. So we've got
0: all right, we've got Roosevelt.
1: Oh. Roosevelt has been added. Put it on the board. Survey
0: says.
2: (laughs) It's Teddy Roosevelt. It's not Franklin. Everybody plays Franklin, but Teddy has not gotten the look he deserves. So I'm up for that.
0: Wait, hold on. The thing I saw is that it's about Franklin, not Teddy.
2: No, it's Teddy.
0: It's Teddy, yeah.
2: Really? That's what it says. Your research. You're looking in too much IMDB. Oh, how dare we?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting this to end up being contentious. So, <laughs> I care about you both deeply. I will have you both know. So, <laughs> respect both of your opinions and, and intellect and lived experiences.
2: Next year, when it wins Best Picture, you're going to eat it. I know you will.
1: You know what? I'm more than happy to make a bet that I'm going to win. <laughs> so you want to put five bucks on it? So yeah. Next up, let's let's go to Bruce. Bruce, what do you what do you got next on your excited about list
2: you know I'm curious again curious about a new film of The Exorcist I don't know how good that's going to be and The Exorcist was one of those ones that I thought was very good to begin with so to try and remake it is it just another way of cashing in and um, giving another audience a shot at this when I don't know why you just don't remake everything because this doesn't need to be remade. It's a film that stands on its own. It's still good when you watch it now. And the idea that they're gonna probably add some more gore in or special effects that really we care. I don't know if we care, but it is, it is something that interests me and um, we'll see what happens.
0: I will say I uh, added that to my like shorter list from the, the list that uh, Chris made. And um, it's David Gordon Green doing the same thing as he did with the Halloween movies. Right down to the fact that uh, this newer Exorcist is going to be a direct sequel to the original that everyone knows and loves. And there are plans for three of these, uh, which is also what David Gordon Green did with the Halloween movies. I personally dug all three of the newer Halloween movies, and I know a lot of other people do not feel the same way at all. Uh, But I dug them, and so I'm also curious to see... Uh, how this newer Exorcist fares. And that one's coming out in October, not surprisingly.
1: October 14th. I'm going to just admit to both of you that I've never seen the original. Really? I've never seen the original, never seen any of the sequels. That's a movie that has felt like, because I've seen all of the clips, I've heard the stories, all of the, the Friedkinisms, all that stuff. And it's always seemed like watching it
2: would be, I don't know. It's just never, never seemed like it would be worth it. I saw it on opening day, which was way before you two were born and the theater was packed and people were just hot for this thing because the book did well and they thought, let's see what it's going to turn out to be. And it was, it exceeded what you wanted from the book.
0: You got to see the exorcist. You got to rectify this and then you got to watch the the third one too. Just skip right over the second one. Just watch the first one, then watch the third one.
1: (laughs) You got it. That's homework.
0: Yes, sir. Jared, what's your next pick? I think we probably had this on a most anticipated for 2022. Hmm. And that's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese, uh, starring Leo, uh, Robert De Niro, which is the first Scorsese movie they've been in together. Jesse Plemons, uh, Brendan Fraser, and uh, Bruce's favorite, uh, John Lithgow, is also going to be in uh, Killers (laughs) of the Flower Moon. It's based on a nonfiction book by David Cran, who wrote uh, The Lost City of Z. It's about a series of murders of wealthy people in the Osage tribe that took place in Osage County, Oklahoma, in the 1920s um, after a lot of oil was discovered on their land, basically. And um, I think, if I remember correctly, Leo's going to be playing like an FBI agent or like a a forerunner to the FBI in the movie. So I'm I'm very excited to see this. It's been, what, it'll be four years uh, by the time the movie comes out since Scorsese is done um a new narrative uh film with the irishman being his last one which was kind of a you know a coda on all his gangster movies so it'll be interesting to see where he goes from there now that he's kind of cleared his throat and uh maybe has some of that weight off of um of him of uh all the expectations for that
2: are you sure they're not going to wait until roosevelt
0: is out (laughs) it could be a one-two punch like ridley did in uh 2021 who knows
1: you know yeah brendan fraser so I'm sure that he'll be coming in hot off of uh, a potential best actor win. So, yeah, I I'm going to just jump on top of one of the the few comic book movies that I am legitimately excited for, and that's going to be the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse film, which is coming out on June 2nd. It's going to be more Miles Morales, Gwen Stacy, et cetera, if it's anything, I mean, it's, it's you know, the same creative team that did the first one, which I mean, that came out the first year that we were doing the podcast, if I remember correctly. And that was some of the most fun in the theater that I had that year. So, um, yeah.
0: Delightful movie.
1: Absolutely. And it nailed making a an animated film translated from a comic book. Like all of those visual elements were done in a way that wasn't corny and wasn't a, you know, pure novelty it wasn't shtick. so
2: yeah
0: yeah. even 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 when you factor in because there's been plenty of animated you know comic book movies over the years obviously and animated you know comic book tv shows and everything but you're right chris that like it by far and away is the one that did the best job of actually feeling like a comic book
2: and we're back to bruce what do you think bruce well now i'm kind of looking because there's a lot of junk here and it's a lot of could it happen in a good way, or could it be really a disaster? I look at Haunted Mansion and they never did that right to begin with. And I'm wondering if it has a shot or if it's just one of those things that they'll haul out before Halloween and try and get people to the theme parks and see what happens, or is it gonna be good?
0: Well, uh, Jared Leto is gonna be one of the main people in it. So I don't know what that makes you think about how the movie's gonna be.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's a weird mix of people. And so you wonder how jokey is it? They have a lot of comedians that are here. Um, Then they have kind of serious people. I have no clue because we thought Eddie Murphy in the Haunted Mansion would be something and it was just a dud. And so again, these are ones that I'm curious about, would probably see if it just kind of appeared in the theater, I would go to it.
1: I mean, that's another one of those great rides that
2: could be adapted
1: really, really well there aren't enough good scary movies for kids that was something that i really liked about that goosebumps movie that came out like four or five years ago with jack black it really rode that line of being actually scary but also never really got past like pg-13 levels which adapting rl stein is you know the perfect tone to to go with Jaron,
0: let's go with the killer which is coming out in 2023 and is directed by uh, David Fincher. And it's got uh, Michael Fassbender in the uh, the title role. And um, Tilda Swinton's in it, probably playing like nine characters or something like that. Um, and it's based on a, a graphic novel about the life of an assassin. Very excited about this. Uh, and I'm happy to see that Fincher um, is dipping his toe back into this kind of elevated pulp after doing Mank which obviously was a, a little bit of a departure for him and some of the other sorts of movies that he's done uh, in the past i'm hoping we get maybe some like mind huntery uh, type vibes uh, from this or something along those kinds of lines so the killer is another one that i'm definitely excited for for 2023
1: i'm going to just uh yeah marlo the new neil jordan film
0: and uh, what what else has neil jordan done
1: did crying game did Interview with a vampire in the company of wolves, Mona Lisa.
0: Oh, this is the Liam Neeson, uh, Marlowe movie. Yeah, okay. Liam
1: Neeson plays Marlowe. Yeah, the famed Raymond Chandler character, Philip Marlowe. And I don't know, I just, I love all that old noir and just looks like it's going to be really pretty. So there you go.
0: I'm, I'm good with that. And I, I definitely co sign, uh, That one, but I've been on like a Liam Neeson uh, kick. So,
1: and it's it's nice to see Liam Neeson actually doing something where it's not a you know taken rip off, basically.
0: Not that there's anything wrong with some of those. Not that there's anything wrong with
1: that, but it's a like his, his talents are are wasted to a degree in those things. Like he's not
0: that that's fair.
1: He he's you know sleepwalking through those roles to a to a degree. So it'll be nice to see him as Philip Marlowe. Bruce, throw another one at me.
2: Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. If it gets <laughs> released. Do you think it's not going to get released? He takes his time. And That's if he true. doesn't use a lot of special effects for anything, you know, he'll be blowing up a lot of um, bombs in the house.
0: He already has, hasn't he? W- wasn't that the news from like the past week? Could be a problem.
2: <laughs> but it has a great cast. And, yeah, um, oh, yeah. you know, when you see... Robert Downey Jr. finally doing something that isn't a Marvel film. That's interesting. Florence Pugh is always good. Killian Murphy is always good. And then Emily Blunt, who has kind of gone underground, I think, in recent years. It's good to see her back because the stuff she's done has been kind of, I don't know, questionable. So I think it could be good. It's a historical thing that maybe um, is a way to do history. And he can do it. He can make it fun. Oh, yeah.
0: Nolan is one of those people that even if like I see the premise and I think it's kind of stupid, like I will still go and watch his movies because he does spectacle about as well as anybody. And there are not a lot of those guys that do that anymore.
1: If it does hit its date, if it comes out when it's supposed to, I assume obviously on every single IMAX theater screen across America, it'll be on July 21st which is the same day that Barbie comes out. So you can have a really strange double feature if you feel so inclined.
0: I am become Barbie, destroyer of worlds. We're not going to, that's,
1: yeah, we should just run the, run the music right now. (laughs) (laughs) But Two very different takes on toxic masculinity, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Let's take a turn toward the weird. My next pick, the premise, I'll start with the premise is uh, upon drowning herself to escape her abusive husband, a woman has her brain replaced with the brain of her unborn child with the help of her father. Uh, Chris, do you know what movie that is?
1: It is Poor Things by Yorgos Lanthimos.
0: Exactly. Poor Things. The director is uh, Yorgos Lanthimos who did uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which was one of my favorites from the 2010s. Um, He also did The Favorite, which is An absolutely fantastic, uh, I would say, dark comedy from a couple years back now. And then he also did uh, The Lobster, too, with um, Colin Farrell. And uh, this one, like uh, his last couple of movies, has a hell of a cast. It's got Emma Stone again. It's got Willem Dafoe, uh, Mark Ruffalo, and uh, Gerard Carmichael is in it as well. And like I said, the premise sounds insane, like a lot of the premises for Yorgos Lanthimos' movies. Um, so this is one I'm going to make sure to see as quickly as I can when it uh, comes out.
2: I
1: 100% agree. One of his early films, Dog Tooth, is maybe one of the most twisted films that I've ever seen in my entire life. So
0: I'm I'm hoping this is more along those kind of lines.
1: It seems like it would be. I mean, not that you know the lobster didn't <laughs> didn't have yeah. some some very specific angularity to it. Let's see. I mean, there's so many things that like I'm. I'm going to say Cat Person. Okay. Cat Person, uh, which is directed by Susanna Fogel. It is based on the incredibly viral short story that ran in The New Yorker like four years ago. Never read it. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I get why it popped the way it did. I mean, again, mentioning, you know, toxic masculinity. It's a romantic encounter or a series of romantic encounters from the point of view of a college student where the, the man is older and uh, problematic, I guess, is the easiest way to say. Uh, Amelia Jones plays the college student and Nicholas Braun plays the, the older older gentleman, best known as Cousin Greg from, from Succession, but also had a really great turn in Zola back in 2020. And Susanna Fogel that doesn't have a whole lot. I mean, she's got a couple of films under her belt as a director, but one of her main claims to fame in my book is that she was one of the writers for Booksmart, which was one of our again, we feel like like we're we're officially coming back on ourselves to when this podcast started talking about movies that we loved as a trio <laughs> back before
2: we knew that we'd be in it for this long, <laughs> yeah, so cat person, Bruce, we're back to me, but again, I preface all of these with. I'm intrigued by it. Okay. The one I'm looking for next is the Indiana Jones one. Not because I need another Indiana Jones fix, but if they're going to really end it with Harrison and he's gone, I'd like to know how that happens. And then there's also been some hints dropped that people who have been in past Indiana Indiana Jones films will come back. Now, who does that mean? And what does that mean for us? That's that's the kind of thing that intrigues me. It's what is it going to be? Now, we'll probably know before it just appears because there'll be some press somewhere that'll spill the beans. But I think it could be interesting to see what they do with it.
0: Bruce, you're, you're wondering if they'll send uh, Harrison Ford off. It's worth pointing out uh, when he came back for Star Wars in 2015, his character died in that one. Uh, when he came back for Blade Runner in 2017, his uh, character also died uh, in that one, too. So, well, I... He's going
2: to cut it, right?
0: <laughs> I have a feeling he's probably going to get sent off somehow. I don't know. I doubt he would die in an Indiana Jones movie, but who knows?
2: Would snakes get him? Is that the trick?
0: It'd be a fitting way to go. <laughs> it should be pointed out, too, that uh, the the person directing this, they didn't just like hand the reins over to some schmuck. It's going to be uh, James Mangold who did uh, you know? Ford versus Ferrari. Did uh, Logan um, three ten to Yuma. If you're going even a little further back, so I think that's maybe a good choice to be doing this kind of movie if it's not going to be Spielberg or or Lucas working on this one. I
1: think. Let's see. We are at. That
0: was Bruce. Yeah.
1: Let's do one more round and then uh, and then we'll call it. Yeah,
0: Jared. Oh. Where do I want to go? Um, Let's do... I I mentioned it could be a pretty good year for uh, Joaquin, so I'll go ahead and uh, throw out the other one that he's got coming for 2023, which is a movie called Bo is Afraid. It was going to be called Disappointment Boulevard at some point before that, I think. Um, And it's directed by Ari Aster, who did Hereditary uh, and Midsommar. And like I said, it stars Joaquin Phoenix. And the log line that I saw for it was an intimate decades spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. I'm in just based off of that. That's all I need. I'm a fan of Astor's two movies so far. And Joaquin's definitely on my short list for my favorite working actors, period. So that's more than enough to, to get my butt in the seat to, to see Bo is afraid.
1: Normally January is viewed as being kind of a dead zone for movies and i know on on, on your shortlist, jared you had megan and that's that's one that i'm also really looking forward to based on the absolutely bonkers trailers yes uh, and i'm expecting that to be a pretty big surprise but the one that i'm going to throw out there is infinity pool directed by brandon cronenberg who is uh, david cronenberg's son and it just looks like a nightmare it's um <laughs> set on a uh isolated island resort alexander skarsgård it's and Mia Goth. I mean, it seems like it's a lot of. Uh,
0: That's know, a good pairing.
1: Yeah, people getting in over their heads. A lot of um, eyes wide shut vibes as far as everything turning into something way more extreme than than people expected. Uh, and I mean, yeah, you just look at some of the teaser images for this, and I mean, holy crap, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be something. So Infinity Pool, and that comes out January twenty seventh all right any parting shots any uh anything you want to get in under the line bruce well i look at cocaine bear that's kind of interesting there's a whole bunch of other movies that are out there um richard linkletter has got a new anyway i'm not gonna we've already got our (laughs) list but yeah so jared you can send us off and um yeah we'll put a pin in this one stick a uh, stick a fork in it that's the idiom
0: I'm going to abandon uh, all my normal uh, patter. And uh, for this time, I'm going to say, go see Avatar The Way of the Water. Go see Avatar The Way of the Water. Go see the new Avatar movie.
2: What if the theater so full you can't get a seat, and then you've told them to take your seat?
0: Make it work. Make it work somehow. And I don't know if you want to do it over, but it is the way
1: of water, not the way of the water.
0: I'm just I, don't, I copy no, editing I don't care. you in, in the moment. Nope, but, nope, nope. Oh God. <laughs> the emotion. The emotion was there. That's all you need. One take Charlie over here.
1: We'll have links to everything we talked about in the show notes. And thank you so much to Bruce. Thank you so much to Jared. Thank you to the listeners. And um, we'll be back next week with our top movies of 2022. A list that will very likely include Avatar, The Way of Water. At some point on there. Go see Avatar. Go see
0: Avatar. Wahoo! It's
1: a him. A Mario.